Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. These hours made. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. Third base, feels it coming home and he can't get it out of his glove. Wilkin couldn't get it out of his glove. What a play by the catcher. Got one to hit. He puts it in the left field. Corona did not get a good jump, but he's winding in, and he will score. RBI for Bennett Lee. It's 3-2 with Forrest. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It has been a fun-filled show here on this Trigger Tuesday. We're going to be talking about all the things bothering us in the world of sports, which I know we'll get to later in this hour. But we've also talked about everything going on in the sports world, like the College World Series as it's actually right now, TCU and Oral Roberts. TCU's actually up one nothing in an elimination game, top of the fourth inning. So we'll see how that plays out. But tonight, going to have LSU and Tennessee, two teams that Arkansas actually faced this year. And they're both going to be facing elimination. And LSU did so because of a <laughs> intense game yesterday, to say the least. But we're going to talk about that as well as getting to uh, some LSU football too, because that's actually Arkansas's first SEC opponent this upcoming season in September. Feels weird playing LSU in September, but that game's going to be down in Baton Rouge. And so we'll dive into that and a lot more as we go to the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Welcome in Matthew Musso, friend of the show. Does a great job of covering all things for LSU down there at ESPN 1045 in Baton Rouge, as well as Musso at the box, uh, which is a big baseball guy that he is. It makes sense, and it's perfect. So, Matt, really appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? Doing well. Always a pleasure to be on with you guys. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, too. And I know since you're a baseball guy, we can start with the baseball side of things, too. As a non-caring person of who wins, who loses, whatever, I enjoyed that baseball game last night between LSU and Wake Forest. Very intense. Uh, came down to the wire. A lot of plays and a lot of uh, inconsistencies there, maybe by the umpire, that probably were frustrating. But just walk us through that game and your experience last night and just your thoughts since you cover LSU of what the final result ended up being. Yeah, man. I mean, it it was one that was built with a lot of anticipation, right? I mean, and not just, you know, since Saturday for a very long time because for the majority of the year, LSU Wake Forest traded – one and two ranking in the poll. It wasn't until uh, the second to last weekend of the season when LSU dropped that series at home to state, they dropped below number two in the ranking. So I think everyone really had thought eventually that was going to happen in the championship series, but you get it in round two in Omaha, and ultimately both teams were pretty much full strength, right? I mean, LSU was just without schemes, and Wake Forest was just without Rhett Louder. So, I mean, it was as close to full strength as both of those teams could go. You knew it would be a highly intense competitive ball game and it was i think from an lsu perspective you have to love what you saw from ty floyd he continued the hot stretch he had been on uh really since the old miss series in in uh in late april there and he really carried that the rest of the way through until up until last night thatcher Hurd came on really strong uh really starting with the alabama series so you like what you saw from those two guys but man i mean wake forest that pitching staff is it is as real as they come, and 
you know, I saw a stat earlier, LSU's lineup, which is so long and just so treacherous to get through at times this year, four through nine went one for 20 last night. And that is just a, a giant hat tip to Wake Forest. And ultimately, they got the big hit in the eighth inning, and uh, and LSU didn't. And that's, you know, for for the double plays LSU hit into, for the double plays Wake Forest hit into, for the, <laughs> if you want to call it a strike zone, the strike zone that was for both teams last night, it really came down to one inning. And Wake Forest got the big hit, and the LSU didn't. And when LSU attempted to get the big hit, Wake Forest made a dynamite play third to home and pegged Trey Morgan at the plate. So, um you got to love to have been 2-0. I mean, look, y'all know that. Y'all listeners know that. That's, the Hogs are there plenty. That's the way to go, right, is to go 2-0 and, and have somebody come to beat you twice. But that's not the luxury LSU has, and they'll face a familiar foe here tonight at 6 o'clock. Paul Skeens being one of the best pitchers in the country, everybody's familiar with him and his game and, and kind of how he plays. But when it comes to the LSU pitching staff as a whole, what are the strengths of some of the other pitchers that are on staff? I think what what it's become over the last few few weeks, few months, has been a lot of strikes, which wasn't there really for the majority of the year. Uh, even when they were at full strength with Garrett Edwards and Chase Shores, strikes just sometimes were hard to come by. LSU's been pounding the zone a lot lately, and that's really turned everything around. I mean, the arm talent that LSU has is still plenty good, plenty deep enough, but the strikes were inconsistent at times. That would probably be what I would say. I mean, you look at Ty Floyd. Yes, the sixth inning got away from him, but through five innings against that lineup last night, he had walked one and struck out ten. That wasn't necessarily always there this year. The things he said uh, for for a guy like Thatcher Hurd and Riley Cooper, same way. Griffin Herring, same way. Nate Ackenhouse and all guys at LSU expects to run out there tonight. Uh, that, is, that has really been what has turned it around and, and given them a little bit more length in the bullpen than they had uh, say, I don't know, late late April, early early May. Well, Matt, uh, I know that the confidence level is always important. When you win that first game in the World Series and going into the second one and taking on a team like Wake Forest, you know, the confidence may be there, especially when you're leading. But after losing that game, you mentioned how tough it is to go uh, into that loser's bracket and try to figure out a way to win three in a row, essentially. But what's the confidence level like? Does, does, does LSU fans, and do you believe that uh, you can take care of business tonight against Tennessee and feel confident that you can beat Wake Forest twice in a row, or is it kind of people throwing their arms up saying, eh, this is it's probably where it all ends, don't really have much of a chance right now? I think it depends when you ask. So last night, right after the game, it was very much throw your hands up in the air, and the vibe <laughs> was decent as those. Um, it's, you know, the, the biggest bummer for them right now is they, they didn't get to play Stanford, and Stanford's bullpen was a mess heading it, really heading into the World Series all throughout the postseason. Instead, LSU gets arguably the two best pitching staffs in the entire tournament uh, for their route. I very much believe that LSU can beat Tennessee. Like, Chase Burns is not pitching today. That's a good thing. Drew Beam's been awesome, but they don't have Dolander, Lindsey, or Beam. um, Excuse me, or Burns. That's, as deep as Tennessee is, that's three of your best, three of your four best. You won't have them against that LSU lineup. In the same vein, LSU won't have Ty Floyd or Paul Steen or Thatcher Hurd be able to go today. So I think you see a bit more of a high-scoring game. I think LSU can win it uh, tonight. Beating Wake Forest two in a row, I, I am not nearly as confident as that. I, it, For my money, I mean, that is the team that should win the national championship. Um, they just keep coming up with D-clutch hit, with D-clutch pitch, D-clutch defensive play. And if you're going to do that through Omaha, normally the team that's doing that, I should say, through Omaha is the one who ends up holding the trophy at the end. Um but then again, in 2017, if you asked a lot of LSU players, LSU uh, fans, excuse me, if they thought they were going to be able to go beat Oregon State twice, that Oregon State team that ended up losing six games, uh, nobody would have told you yes, and they did that. So it's baseball; anything can happen. But I, if I had to give you my thoughts on what I think happens, I think the season probably windles down here in the next couple of days. As you mentioned, Paul Skeens wouldn't be available from a pitching standpoint, but he is a utility player, and we hear about some of his other skills playing other positions. Has LSU used him in, in games this year playing somewhere other than pitcher, or is that something that uh, he would even be available for at this point in the season? They haven't. Um, man, I'll tell you all, the last time I saw Paul Steen in the baseball bat was in a false scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put the halt on that very soon after 
And Jay and Wes Johnson and Paul Skeens himself, they cre- credit that a lot, like just focusing in on pitching on so much of his development this year. So it's not something they've done. Um, I can't foresee them doing that now either just for a risk of, because it's been since fall, a risk of him over-rotating, swinging a bat or something and jeopardizing his future. Um, and look, if <laughs> if the bats do what the bats can do, they don't uh, they don't really need him. So with Matthew Muso of ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Outline. So I know you kind of went to a little bit of the previewing of tonight's game, but uh, Tennessee is one of those teams that has talent, and I know they went through some ups and downs during the regular season, but have uh, put it together and obviously been to Omaha and won their first game in Omaha in 22 years, which is uh, pretty insane. But either way, uh, you're going to be facing off against them tonight. You faced them before. So how do you think this game will play out? Do you feel like uh, this could be another one-run game type of deal? Do you think it's going to be a higher-scoring game? Just What's your overall feel for this matchup tonight on ESPN? I think for LSU to win it, I think it needs to be a little bit more of a higher-scoring game. Um, and and I, th- I think they can force their way in that. They have to be able to jump on through being. I mean, Tennessee absolutely has the pitching advantage in this ball game tonight. Um, you need a good start from whomever. I mean, I think it could either be Javen Coleman or, or Riley Cooper for LSU tonight. I think it's going to be a lefty. They have plenty of lefties available, and Tennessee has a lot of lefties in their lineup. But for LSU, it needs to be a high-scoring game. That, that's that's the kind of the blueprint I see for them. Uh, many people ask kind of going into it, can LSU make it through the loser's bracket they happen to end up there? It, my initial answer is no, because it's hard for any team to do that in college baseball. You're just not built for it normally. But the one thing LSU does have that can help is a is a juggernaut of an offense. In the park outside of yesterday has played really small. Yesterday it played really big. so that, And today it looks like it's playing pretty big as well. That that's an impact too, but for me, yeah, high scoring is LSU's path uh, to to make it out of this thing uh, the next three days and find their way into a championship series. So is this uh, is it at the point that it they may go to the bullpen early in this game for LSU? You said that with Tennessee having a pitching advantage, would you expect to see more of the bullpen if a lot of runs are scored? Like you're saying that you know LSU that would be to their advantage. Like I said, whoever, whoever gets the ball to start for LSU, I think LSU is probably looking for nine out. I think they're looking for one trip to the lineup from that guy, unless unless he's just rolling and you give him, you know, a fourth or uh, a second trip, maybe a fourth inning right through. And after that, they go. Jay Johnson, after the game yesterday, said he has nine pitchers available today. So, I mean, like, they have enough arms. They just have to have the execution. And once you've gotten past arms six or seven on this team, uh, here down the stretch, it's been a little bit more iffy. Uh, on execution. They're, they're all capable. You just have to go out there and do it now on the biggest stage to be back against the wall. But for sure, I think you uh, you could see a, a bit more of a rotation here in this game after after the first guy. So, Matt, I know we talked a little bit about the umpires, and I was even watching it last night. And, and the home plate umpire, I didn't really know what the strike zone was. Like, I, I just, to be honest about it. And I don't think anyone's making excuses because it seemed like it was bad for, for both teams or at least inconsistent for both teams. But when a game like that happens, just what, what the impact that it has and the frustrations that come into it, uh, just what are your thoughts on that and how you can fix that and also – uh, how it could be a lot different tonight because hopefully they don't have the same guy behind home plate. Because trust me, Razorback fans always remember Perry Costello from 2012. I mean, they they always will remember that. And so I just don't think uh, any LSU fan wants to have this College World Series be marred by uh, an umpire not really uh, showing any sort of consistency behind home plate. For sure. And I mean, that's, you know, it's not the reason LSU lost the game. It's not the reason Wake Forest won the game. Did it impact the game? I mean, of course it impacted the game. The guy... The guy makes a call on every single pitch of the ball game. That's just that's the unfortunate part. I mean, look, I, you were watching the game. You, you just mentioned it right there, right? When they go to take Ty Floyd out, you can read his lips. He's, he's telling Hayden Travinsky, that's a strike. He's called. He's given that all night. Like he's given it in that spot all night. And if you want to have a big zone, have a big zone. If you want to have a tight zone, have a tight zone. What you can't do is have a fluctuating zone and change the zone mid mid-game because both these pitchers and these hitters, they are adjusting to your zone and you're causing them to have to do that a bunch. And when I have to sit there and, and listen to Ty Floyd after go in front of media and, and answer questions and say, I lost command when 
you can look at K-Zone and see, eh, you didn't really lose that much command, but the home plate umpire just gets to go home and doesn't have to, you know, answer any questions or anything. That That's where I get really, that's where I get mad hmm. about things because a 21-year-old kid shouldn't be the only one held accountable when he's out there competing and laying it on the line for his team. And again, that goes for both Lake Forest and LSU. On that stage, you, you just, you have you have to be better than that. Like, it, it can't be that in that moment. And again, take LSU Wake Forest out of it. Florida or Roberts, you can't have it in that game either. It just too much. It means too much right now at this point in the season. What was your initial thought on the play at the plate? Did you think LSU runner was safe? Or I mean, it was a close play, and the ump he didn't hesitate to make a call, but it just looked like that you know the player may have been safe. And of course, they had to review it. But your initial reaction and thought when you saw that play at the plate? Yeah, I thought he was out. Um, it was. Man, I'll tell you what, too, when, when Brock Wilkin couldn't get the ball out of his glove, I was like, oh, man, wait a minute, now it's interesting. And ultimately it was, but what a great play by, by him and by the catcher to get the ball in the short hop and get the tag down basically all in one motion. And for me, it, it, the ball definitely beat him there, which is why initially I thought he was out. And watching it on replay, it looked like they got him on the front knee right before his, uh, right before his hand hit home plate. You could kind of see the, the catcher's mitt move when it changed direction. That's when I thought, okay, obviously he contacted something and it would make the most sense if it was Trey Morgan. I was a bit surprised they confirmed the call instead of just having it stand, though. But I did I did think he was out. Well, Matt, I do want to shift gears a little bit with you because uh, during this time of year, of course, there's a lot of excitement surrounding college football, and we know uh, Arkansas and LSU, uh, that uh, big-time rivalry, the best rivalry in all of college football, if you ask me, of the golden boot that the LSU fans love so much and cherish so much. Uh, that uh, It's a continuing tradition here in Arkansas. But there's a little interesting thing this year where uh, not only is it the last season that we're going to see the West and the East in the way that it's set up, but Arkansas and the Tigers play each other in September down in Baton yeah. Rouge. I can't remember Arkansas ever playing LSU outside of the month of November, but here we are. It's a different setup. So just what do you make of that game being so early and also uh, just uh, ha- having that be one of your first SEC games as well? Well, look, I'll say this. I'm I'm mad that the early game is in Baton Rouge and not in Fayetteville because the one trip I've made to Fayetteville was 2014, oh. and it was like 18 degrees and snowing. LSU got shut out. It was a terrible, terrible football game from my standpoint. Uh, but I, I love you know, loved campus and everything, but I'd like to go up there in September when it's not 18 degrees outside. Uh, so that'll be different. The weather, obviously. I don't like the game in September. I'm very much a creature of routine, and I like playing Arkansas in November. But that's that's not going to happen this year. It'll it'll certainly be interesting. I mean, Hogs Hogs is going to be an interesting team this year too, man. And we, we finally got some replacements coming at coordinators. Sam Pittman's had a great couple of years there. Uh, Jefferson, obviously, a quarterback. It, it's going to be an interesting game. It, it always is, right? You can throw records out the window every year. We got the news of the 2024 opponents. So, based on who LSU is playing in 2024 and the opponents, the setup there, what do you think overall? Um, it didn't really. So the the thing that I found funniest about the schedule was when they did the one year a temporary and they called it a, a one permanent and seven rotating because you could totally rotate things for one year. <laughs> um, but so when I saw that, I was like, okay, I imagine it's gonna be pretty similar. Like I was like, they're gonna play Alabama. They're going to play Arkansas. They're going to play A&M. They're going to play Ole Miss. They're going to play Florida. And all those teams are on there. I think the one that really shocked me the most was not having Auburn uh, on the schedule because that's a series that many people here love an awful lot. And, for, I mean, for one generation of Tiger fans, it's their biggest rivalry. That's kind of the thing with LSU, right? It goes so much by generational where you consider what the biggest rivalry is. Like, my dad's generation would tell you it's Ole Miss. I would probably tell you it's Florida. Uh, or Alabama, you know, and then there's Auburn, and uh, so it's that part's interesting. Nobody ever says Texas a and but that uh, means more to them too, anyway. Uh, so uh, that part really wasn't overly surprising. They get to make their first trip to Columbia since 2008. That's uh, that's going to be interesting. They have that'll be a, a popular road trip for Tiger fans this year. But there weren't overly too many too many uh, surprises for me on that schedule. Oklahoma coming to town will be really entertaining. 
Well, I think that it's also with the final game of the season. You know, Arkansas and LSU used to be that game forever, and then A&M joins, yep. and then they give that to LSU, and Arkansas got Missouri. So, yeah, that was awesome. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, so that final weekend of the games are always intense. But now with Texas joining A&M, I think we all will probably assume they'll get that game the day the Thanksgiving weekend because that's how it used to be, and that'll be that rivalry. So does LSU get Oklahoma? Do you think it sticks with A&M? What do you think that final game for LSU each and every season will end up being? The final game will be interesting because I definitely think LSU is stuck with Texas A&M. Uh, I just don't know if it'll be the final game. But what's going to be interesting about that is the Egg Bowl has taken that Thanksgiving spot uh, kind of out of the SEC. And Ole Miss and Mississippi State fans have embraced that and have loved that. So that'll be very interesting. But I'm with you. I, I don't know how you don't move A&M and, and Texas back there because you might remember this. When A&M first came in the league and they stuck LSU in that final game, when LSU would go to A&M, like the first two years, it was on Thanksgiving Day, and LSU hated it. So they, they got it moved. But that will be interesting because anyone else that LSU sticks with already has a you know a rivalry game that week, whether it's A&M or Alabama or Ole Miss. So it could just be a rotating thing. Maybe it is Oklahoma, or do they stick Oklahoma with Missouri that week potentially these days? Or, or is it still Arkansas and Missouri in the, uh, the battle line, which – Y'all treat like the golden, like LSU fans treat the golden boot down here. I mean, what what really could it be? I'm not totally sure. Well, again, if you need volunteers, I think Arkansas fans and droves will say, <laughs> "Let's play LSU again, final game of the year. Let's do that." Because, uh, but I don't think LSU uh, would maybe be as excited about it. But uh, yeah, that is interesting. It's gonna be interesting for a few teams there to see how it all plays out and to see what that uh, final schedule ends up being like as far as dates and everything goes. But Matt. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us, man. Great stuff. Enjoy the College World Series. I know you're hoping that it lasts for a few more days with you guys over there in LSU country, but we appreciate you hopping on with us. And uh, have a great summer, man. We'll catch up with you later down the road. Absolutely, guys. Anytime. Appreciate it. Again, that was Mad Musso of ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge joining us on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get to Trigger Tuesday. You're on Out of Bounds, so stay with us. It's the Average Guy Movie Review, Thursdays in the Zone, with me, Justin Acri, and Wes Moore. Presented by Rock and Roll Sushi. Our friends from Rock and Roll Sushi will come in and recap or look ahead to what's trending on TV, the big screen, Netflix, or wherever you get your entertainment. It's presented by Rock and Roll Sushi. Deliciously twisted flavors in a rock and roll vibe that'll blow your mind. Rockandrollsushi.com. The NBA draft is coming up on Thursday. There's not much debate about who should be the number one pick. It looks like the Spurs will take Francis Victor Wembanyama. The conversation about number two, though, is a bit more interesting. The folks in the running, Brandon Miller out of Alabama, the star forward, and Scoot Henderson, the guard from the G League. The odds shifted dramatically yesterday in favor of Scoot Henderson. It's long been considered that Miller will be the number two pick by the Charlotte Hornets, but Henderson is gaining some momentum. We'll have to see what happens on Thursday night. We're also expecting a couple of Arkansas Razorbacks to go in the first round, at least a couple of them in the form of guard Anthony Black and also guard Nick Smith Jr. We'll see where forward Jordan Walsh falls in the first round if he does go in round number one. I'm Josh Neighbors for the Buzz Radio Network. At Big O Tires, we've got the latest technology to keep your vehicle running better than ever. I mean, don't call yourself a tire store if you can't do alignments. You extend the life of your tires by keeping them properly aligned. And at Big O Tires in Conway and Cabot, we offer complimentary alignment checks. Brakes? Yep, we do that too. And just ask for your free shuttle service so you don't have to sit around and wait. And you thought we just did tires. Tires, service, and straight talk at the Big O Tires in Conway and Cabot. This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. Brewskies is the spot for lunch downtown. Burgers, wings, sandwiches, loaded fries, and healthy options like wraps and salads. Prepared from scratch daily and made hot and fresh to order. Happy hour starts at 11 a.m. and those drink specials go with everything on the menu. Brewskies, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. It's Taco Tuesday at Brewski's. $1.50 street tacos, $5 signature 22-ounce margaritas, $3 Jose shots, and trivia at 7 p.m. Taco Tuesday at Brewski's.
Life is short, and if we spend our time suffering with pain and it takes away our joy, that's not a very good way to live. He's right. It's hard to be happy when you're in constant pain. QC Kinetics patient Chad admits the chronic pain in his knee really robbed his quality of life. When I was going to the traditional doctor and getting the pain pills, my smile wasn't as big as it usually is. Going to my high school reunion on crutches, it was awful. But then Chad visited QC Kinetics. He experienced the real power behind natural regenerative treatments. Using healing properties from his own body, QC Kinetics was able to restore and repair damaged tissue, finally giving Chad lasting relief with no drugs, no surgery, and no downtime. And I'm feeling on top of the world because of QC Kinetics. Learn how advanced regenerative medicine can help your body heal itself at QC Kinetics. Call now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. Bradford Marine at ATV is extending inflation buster discounts on all tracker boats. Like the Sun Tracker Sportfish 22 with 115 Mercury outboard and a $2,000 inflation buster discount. Or try the Tahoe T16 with 75 horsepower Mercury and a $3,000 inflation discount. Or step up to the Tahoe T18 with Mercury 115 outboard and receive a $4,000 discount. Your discount is available now at any of the six Bradford Marine and ATV statewide locations. Your authorized tracker dealer. CareLink, Central Arkansas's area agency on aging, strives to alleviate the stresses family caregivers experience when caring for older loved ones by providing services such as home care and meals on wheels in Central Arkansas. Learn more about helping a parent or grandparent at carelink.org or by calling 372-5300 or toll free at 800-482-6359. This message brought to you by CareLink, the Arkansas Broadcasters Association, and this station. There's only one place to stop for the best in meats in Central Arkansas. It's Hogs Meat Market. Check out their monthly package deals of the best meats online at hogsmeatmarket.com. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Your brother wants a shot at the Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm walking tall. You think you're ready to run with the bulls? I've been earning and burning, snapping necks. And cash and checks on 1037 The Buzz. Saracen is Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. Bet Saracen is as close as your cell phone. Just go to the App Store and download the Bet Saracen app or go to betsaracen.com. MLB, college baseball, combat sports, boxing, MMA, golf, it's all available on the Bet Saracen app. Get in game and prop bets and some great prop bets right now. Make sure you check out the double R prop bets on Tennessee LSU tonight. Also, for the NBA draft, there are some to check out. Nick Smith Jr., minus 145 to go in the top 15. If you say no on that, yes, is plus 115. Anthony Black also going in the top five. Now, we've seen projections for Anthony Black to go outside the top five. But if you feel confident in him going in the top five, get on the Bet Saracen app and wager on it. It's plus 2,000 right now. So you get great odds on Anthony Black going in the top five. So the most accurate and up-to-date sports wagering info, you need to be on the BetSaracen app. It's simple. Just go to the App Store and download the BetSaracen app or go to BetSaracen.com. Be sure to check out the video of How to Play featuring Jancy Sheets. It's Trigger Tuesday here on Out of Bounds. And you know, we were talking with uh, Matt Musso earlier in the show and uh, I guess in the last segment, talking about the umpire behind home plate and inconsistency. And on our text line, had somebody say uh, from the 501, that we need electronic balls and strikes. This has been something that people have been really big on when it comes to robo-umps, as they call it, in the game of baseball. It may be a few years away and it'll happen, but they've done some testing in some minor league systems to see how it works. So whenever that happens, it's only a matter of time before some of these things are implemented on the Major League Baseball level. Yeah, I, I think that with, in principle, I can agree with it. Because I feel like balls and strikes, they... they they're pretty consistent as far as like what they should be. 
you know. But I also, when talking with former players, and we've had Trent Daniel in here uh, many a times, I know we've talked about it, it's like, you know, they like the human element of it. It was like, well, the human element's great until it's wrong, <laughs> you know, until it, it ends up being costly. But I, I get both sides of it. But if there's a way to where it can just be consistent across the board completely everywhere, then I'm in favor of that. But until they get to that point and perfect it, I don't want to see it in there. Uh, you know, you got to have backup plans too, because what if the robo lump breaks down? You know, what? Well, what? You got to have somebody in there to, to keep the game going. So just find ways to also increase the game and make it better and all that. But until you can perfect that system, just keep it the way it is and just deal with it. Well, the there. problem is people at home watching on TV. You can see the box on the screen. You can see what should be a ball and a strike. And if um, if the ump is calling a game that is where the strike zone's even tighter or it's a bigger strike zone, you can see it on TV. You can see what it should be. And so that's where the problem comes in, and that's where people start talking about robo-umps and implementing them into the game because you can see what balls and strikes should be, but there are different strike zones for different umpires. And that's where the human element does come in because – everybody doesn't have the same strike zone. Yeah, and, and it's and it's different as, how, as far as how it's set up. You know, when you have a player, that, I know it shouldn't be uh, too different, but, you know, you got players that can kind of alter it in their own little way, you know, depending on their size as, as a player or, their you know, stance. where their stance is at. Yeah, there's just a lot of factors that go into it when it comes to just, oh, well, robo-wumps will fix everything. I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. Uh, by the way, on our uh, Asher Record Life Fan Feedback, Mike says, more College World Series updates, please. Well, here's an update for you. Uh, TCU is now leading 3 nothing over Oral Roberts at the top of the fifth, and literally just now happening, it looks like TCU is able to steal third, and they, got, they called Oral Roberts, I guess, for a bulk, and the runner got to advance home, and now it's 3-0. It was 2-0, now it's 3-0. So I'm looking at the Oral Roberts coach and the players, and they don't look too happy about the call itself. And it happens to be when the TCU coach is there on the air and uh, talking with the ESPN broadcasters. But Never yeah. happy when box are called in games because yeah. it's a rarity to begin with, and then it does come back to hurt teams at times. I feel like if it's like painfully obvious, like 100% of bulk, call it. You know, obvious. But, yeah, when it's like the, the smallest of things – uh, especially in this level, yeah, because this is showing the replay here. Stepped off a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, he stepped yeah, off. That's, that's that'll do it. <laughs> so, like, I don't know what they're complaining about to me. That's about as as ideal of a balk as you'll ever see called. So, But, yeah, 3 nothing right now, top of the fifth, TCU on top of Oral Roberts in the elimination game. All right, it is a Tuesday, and we are triggered, so let's go ahead and jump into what's triggering us on this Tuesday. I'm angry. I'm, I'm spitting angry. I'm like a tornado of anger swirling about. My heart rate is dangerously high right now. Triggered Tuesday, where you let everyone know what's offended you in the world of sports on Out of Bounds. All right, it is time for Trigger Tuesday. I'll go ahead and kick it off. I went on a little bit of a rant to start the show, but I'll do it again. Beach balls need to go away from the College World Series and sporting events in general if it keeps being problematic when it stops the games. Now, I haven't seen it happen as often this College World Series as I did last year because it happened all the time, every game. There was once, I forgot which game it was last year. I don't even think it was the Razorback game. It may have been. But there were seven times, seven when a beach ball had to be go, go, going after and thrown back into the stands and all of that. Like, dumb. Just, I hate it. So, get rid of that if you can't control it or or if you're having problems of stopping the games and all that. Just don't do it. Watch the game. You should enjoy the game. You should enjoy baseball. You should enjoy other things. Do the wave even if you want to. And as much as I hate the wave, I'd rather see the wave done than beach balls getting thrown onto the field and stop at your play have to keep happening. And that's what's triggering me in the College World Series. Stop it with the beach balls. Just watch the game and be entertained that way instead of worrying about where the beach ball's going. What triggers me is a player like Dalvin Cook, 27 years old, not old at all, but plays running back and plays one of those positions that becomes really expendable. He's still a really good running back. He has dealt with injuries in the past couple of seasons, but he's somebody that tends to play through injury at times. But his reward for that is being released, being a free agent. And now it's almost like at that position, it keeps getting younger when they're 
done with you. You know, you can put so much work in with an organization that you've been connected to from the beginning. But at a younger age and fewer years, they'll be done with you when they feel like the money doesn't match up or you can't perform to a certain level, which he's still performing at a high level. It's just that they have other areas of need. And, and now it's almost like making a statement of he he's no value to them anymore. And that's kind of where the running back position has been. But even with the best players at that position, it seems like that age is getting younger and younger where they'll let these players go and they're done with them. It's only like getting that one, that first initial contract as a rookie, and then after that, they have a big decision to make where they can let you move on and go get the next guy, the younger guy, that can do the same job. Also, another thing that triggers me is Nick Saban. And I actually really respect Nick Saban. I don't have any issues with Nick Saban as a coach. In fact, Alabama is one of the few SEC programs that I don't hate. But... He's wrong in this way, where we remember in the college football playoff this past year where he was campaigning really hard for Alabama to get in. Alabama Alabama did not get in, and he kind of said some comments that he took some issues with and whatnot. Well, he went on the Joel Klatt show just yesterday and once again spoke out about the college football playoff system. He says, quote, But are you really getting the best teams in the playoff? When they told me that we would be favored against three out of four teams and that got into the playoff, I'm like, why aren't we in the playoffs? It makes no sense. Well, here's the thing because there. Because of a record. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, here's the thing there, Nick. Like, who cares what you're favored as? Like, that's not how what dictates the best teams. That's not what dictates what you are able to do when it comes in getting into the playoff. What dictates that is what you do on the field. You lost multiple games. And, yeah, would you have been favored against three of those teams maybe but you know what how many times have you been favored Nick Saban but you've lost the game on the field many times and not and and listen I agree that maybe Alabama puts up a better fight against Georgia than TCU did as they got beat 65 to 7 or whatever it ended up being but my thing is is like dude you 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 got to understand and have self-awareness for what the college football playoff system is now but what it also is turning into and there is not anybody that I think is worth their salt that said last year that Alabama deserved to be in the playoff over the other teams that were in it. You should have won games. You should have won more. So the best team is not determined by, oh, well, who's favored in it? Because Alabama, those two games you lost last year, guess what? You were favored in them. So I don't want to hear it. I think it's lame that he still brings this up, and I think it's lame that he's even whining about it. But at the end of the day, I don't know why he's bringing it up anyways because next year it's all going to go to 12 teams, and then there's no excuses there as far as teams not getting in from being favored over you know what 10 of the 12 teams. No team's going to have that happen and not get into the college football playoffs, so I just don't understand his constant whining about it. Oh, he wants to go get to 12 right now. That's what it is. He wanted it to be 12 last year. <laughs> So Alabama would have been in, but um, he's used to certain things happening and Alabama being in that position for a chance to win a championship every year. And some years that they're not in that position, of course, he's going to be upset about it. Yeah, well, I'm starting the uh, whole, I'm going to call it a rumor, but I'm starting the story that the reason Nick Saban is doing this is because he knows his team's not going to be good this year enough to get into the top four. That's what I'm saying. Or he just kind of realizes that George has become the team. <laughs> team in the SEC to beat right now, and uh, he understands that he needs a little bit extra help there. That's what I'm going to go with. That's what I'm going to start with in that story. So, uh, but hey, he's Nick Saban. He can do whatever he wants, but I just thought it was really lame that he's still bringing it up. Come on now. Come on now. You'll have your chance next year. And then, you know, if you get bounced out or if you don't make it thing next year, then I'm sure you'll keep complaining about it. But either way, that's Trigger Tuesday here on Out of Bounds. Anything triggering you folks, just let us know. 501-661-1037 is the number to call or text in. We're going to take a commercial break. When we'll come back, we'll get to your Razor Aug update presented by True Service and a lot more. So stay with us here on Out of Bounds. What 
Rodney Chevrolet has redeployed. Deal Team 6. These guys didn't retire. They reloaded and declared it Truck Month without GM's blessing. Bite the bullet and get up to 7500 off select Silverados in stock with eligible trade. Trading a 2009 or newer? Stack the rebates. As high as 4250 on 2023 Silverado. Upgrade your family's personnel carrier to a 2023 Equinox with 2000 off in stock units. Why shop a minefield of questionable used cars? Browse a huge selection of pristine pre-owned with Guatney's Deal Team 6 today. Guatney Chevrolet, the top gun of Arkansas's Chevy dealers. Coming from Little Rock? Avoid any traffic or construction by taking the Main Street exit in Jacksonville. Right on Main, then left on Bailey. To our front door, 1301 TP Drive. Call 501-982-2102. GuatneyChevrolet.com. Chevrolet. Find new roads. All offered with proof credit. See dealer for details. Alzheimer's disease affects over 6 million Americans. While there is no cure, there are steps you can take to reduce your risk and improve brain health. Steps include regular exercise, eating a healthy diet, staying socially engaged, and challenging your brain with new activities. If you or a loved one are experiencing memory loss or other symptoms of Alzheimer's, seek medical attention right away. Join us in the fight against Alzheimer's. Learn more at healthyar.info forward slash bold. A message from the Arkansas Department of Health. David Dunn here with Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. We're the area's largest and highest rated independent diesel repair facility for all makes and models. From transmissions and brakes to suspensions and engine repair. If you're tired of high dealership prices and long wait times, come see what family-owned and locally operated really means. Expert technicians and the latest computer diagnostics will get your equipment back on the road fast. Take the England exit on I-440 to Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer, 568-2185. That's Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. This is the Pigskin Preacher bringing you the word. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. We're reminded of these words from the good book whenever we go weeks without rain. Thankfully, Arkansas is usually spared terrible droughts, one more blessing of living in the natural state. As a kid, you hate it when it rains. When you're older, you realize we just can't live without it. And when the rain started falling, we all said a prayer of thanks and sang along with the who who said, Let it rain. Let it all fall down on me. Double B's has a sensational cup of coffee waiting for you. Select the roast you want, and our bean-to-cup Renoco coffee will make your day, Pilgrim. We've got cappuccino, too. Double B's. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go. That's Double B's. This is Pat Bradley for my friends at Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union in Benton and their summer auto loan special that's available for all five counties Alcoa serves. Interest rates as low as 2.49%. Take the summer off with no payments for 90 days or how about 84 months financing? Offer valid on new 22 or 23 models or you can refinance your current auto loan. Go to alcoacommunityfcu.org and apply securely online today. Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union in Benton now serving Grant, Garland, Hot Spring and Perry Counties. Join the zone each Monday for Game Balls and Jock Straps. Brought to you by A Caddy's Touch Landscaping. Find out who made the best, average, and worst headlines in sports and entertainment each Monday as Justin Acre and Wes Moore give you their Game Balls and Jock Straps on the zone from 10 to 1. It's all brought to you by A Caddy's Touch Landscaping. 501 794 2770. Call today to get your landscape updated to a whole new level and be listening for Game Balls and Jock Straps only on 1037 The Buzz. Make it the event that everyone wants to attend by getting your meat for tailgates, parties, or just family get-togethers at Hogs Meat Market. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Trying to reach the green from here, Shooter? That's not possible, sir. I beg to differ. Happy Gilmore accomplished that feat no more than an hour ago. Well, moron, good for Happy Gilmore, oh my God! On 103.7 The Buzz.
a Tuesday here on Out of Bounds, folks. Appreciate everybody listening in. Going to have your Razor Hog update here in just a second. Uh, but uh, we're talking about the TCU Oral Roberts game that's going on right now. Now, TCU's up 4 nothing, and uh, they had bases loaded and had two outs, and they're trying to increase their lead. But we were talking about the bulk that was called, and apparently uh, we didn't get to you know hear it because we were on the air, but it's according to Aaron Fitt of D1 Baseball. Apparently... <laughs> I'll just read his tweet. He says, This is some compelling viewing. People all around America must be glued to their TVs watching a long replay of a balk call, which got overturned. They said that that was overturned. I felt like that was an easy balk call, but they overturned it. And then it says, But then it resulted in a pitch clock violation and then a walk. He says, I feel like I'm watching a preliminary procedure discussion on C-SPAN. So That's what a replay is for, though. To make <laughs> yeah. sure you get it right. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, wow, okay. So they, they didn't call that, but then... Seeing uh, them go with a different call anyways uh, was pretty humorous. And now uh, Oral Roberts had an easy, easy hose right there from to the second base to throw the guy out as he was stealing second. And they completely and totally messed up the uh, the play. So just uh, not good for Oral Roberts. Looks like they don't get things turned around here pretty soon. They're going to be uh, going home early. But that was the explanation that we got on that as well. Uh, all right, so we know a few things are going on in Razorback land, so let's go ahead and jump into your Razorog update presented by True Service. Guys, I've got just one thing I want to say to you. Touchdown, Arkansas! Arkansas wins the national championship! The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season! Oh, This is your Razor Hog Update on Out of Bounds, presented by True Service Community Federal Credit Union, where they offer new mortgage loans, refinancing, auto loans, and small business loans. Online at trueservice.net. All right, so for your Razor Hog Updates, we know it's, in a way, uh, portal season. We'll just call it that, because no matter the sport, whether it's baseball, softball, basketball, football, it's uh, constantly going on, and Razorback Baseball gets another addition, and this one's from the Big 12, as Kansas transfer left-handed pitcher Stone Hewlett. His first name's Stone. That's not the most baseball thing of all time. I'd like to know what, but he is committed to Arkansas. He's 6'1", 190, appeared in 28 games out of the bullpen, had a 4.68 ERA in 42 in the third innings, struck out 42 batters, walked 13 as a junior, and led the team with three saves. His 28 regular season appearances were third in the Big 12. He also had a season-high four strikeouts against Oakland back on February 27th. He attended high school there in Leewood, Kansas, prior to becoming a Jayhawk. And it looks like him and Wagner, the uh, other transfer, not the one that's currently or was on the team last year, but Jack Wagner, they were teammates together as well as from uh, Josenberger, who was a transfer from Kansas as well. So just making connections there, I guess, with Kansas. Josenberger last year, you get two guys that have the connections there from Kansas in in that regard. But left-handed pitching is always something you can't have enough of. And Arkansas gets another Power 5 transfer from the Big 12 and from Kansas once again. Recruiting continues on, and we see it a lot of times this year because you're trying to manage the roster based on the MLB draft coming up. You have to over-recruit, basically, to make sure – you're going to have the full roster that's, that's needed. And that's not the only thing that Arkansas has going for them in the baseball program because in the softball program, they are continuing to add some pretty big-time commitments out of the transfer portal. This time, it's their fourth one with uh, Reese Bearline. Uh, she is a Mississippi State transfer pitcher. Man, they're getting all of them from the SEC and from big conferences. And uh, She's a right-hander and recently completed her freshman season with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. She led the team in appearances, second in ERA, and in innings pitch. And she allowed the opponents just to hit two points, uh, uh, two six nine against her and struck out 69. Nice. She was freshman of the week honors multiple times and looks to be a huge addition for Courtney Diefel. So they continue to build into the transfer portal in the softball program. So good to see uh, that continuing on. And then this weekend, on the football side of things, this is all according to Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and HallOxports.com. Arkansas is going to have a big weekend when it comes to hosting the largest group's uh, prospects this month when it comes to the 2024 recruiting class. And these are some of the prospects that will be visiting. Uh, Alex Foster, who is 6'5", 250, is a defensive lineman 
offers to Arkansas, Louisville, Kentucky, Mississippi State, as well as other schools. K.J. Jackson's the commitment, the quarterback guy who's already pledged to Arkansas, but he's going to be on a visit. Uh, you also have Wyatt Simmons from Harding Academy who has uh, had a lot of offers, in fact, 20 offers since May 9th. So his is starting to, to jump up there. Tevis Metcalf, who is actually the younger brother of Arkansas safety, current safety, T.J. Metcalf, but he, he's also a pledge uh, to Arkansas. Also, uh, you have a four-star commitment that has committed to LSU, and he's visiting Fayetteville, but his name was not mentioned. So I guess they're trying to keep that on the, on the DL. But a few offensive linemen. Uh, as well as a few linebackers and wide receivers and D-linemen all going to be coming up to Fayetteville this week, and so it's going to be a big one for Sam Pittman. And there's uh, another big-time prospect, a five-star prospect, that is visiting that has offers from Arkansas, Georgia, Clemson, Auburn, and Florida, who is actually a uh, five-star player that has not been mentioned. So a big weekend for Sam Pittman and his staff in recruiting. And we'll see if they're able to not only have the guys that are currently committed stay with them, but also get some new commitments after this weekend as well. Oh, and I also want to mention, I should have done this with softball, but there was another uh, news nugget of uh, Arkansas's DH, Ryland Hedgecock, was awarded the nation's most improved player by D1 Softball, the publication announced on Monday. So uh, congratulations to her. Let the awards keep coming, but Arkansas softball and baseball continuing to try to rebuild. And when it comes to the transfer portal, and both teams fell short, I'm sure, of their expectations, but they're wanting to try to get back out there and get it going. And also, in the latest mock drafts, you still have uh, all three players for the Razorbacks being on the draft board, or all four of them, I should say, with Nick Smith, Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh, and Ricky Council. Anthony Black still being the player that's expected to be taken first from the Razorbacks and Nick Smith to follow, then Jordan Walsh, then Ricky Council, and that'll be happening on Thursday. So there you have it. There is your Razor Hog update presented by True Service. A lot of things going on in the sports world for the Razorbacks, and I know we'll have a special guest on the other side of the break when it comes to Chris Gordy, so let's go ahead and fit in real quick. 49er John, you got about 30 seconds. What you got? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Good. Y'all doing all right? Oh, yeah. Check this out. John, it's the reason why the beach ball is on the field. I have a five-team parlay going on. I still can't stay woke on baseball. That's why the beach ball is in the stand. Have a good day. Good one. All right, we're moving on. Next hour of Out of Bounds, we'll have Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790. He'll join us. We'll get to more of your phone calls and messages and keep him moving on a Trigger Tuesday here on Out of Bounds. So stay with us. Congratulations, you're having a little girl. At that moment, everything changed. Our hopes and dreams for ourselves were instantly replaced by our hopes and dreams for her. We got life insurance policies from Shelter Insurance, so that regardless of what life throws at us, we'll still be able to provide the world to her. Shelter Life Insurance Company, Columbia, Missouri. See Shelter Agent Todd Matthews in Benton, Matt Steele in Bryant, 